Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What is going on, everybody? My name is Connor Daughter. Welcome to a very special Movie Mondays, Tuesday Monday movies recorded perfectly on a Tuesday. As always, I'm joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean. I mean, Sean, the intro is weird when it's not on a Monday, please. I don't... Oh, lads, I fucked up, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. <laughs> That's very on brand for what we're doing here today. But why we are recording on a Tuesday? I know what you're thinking, listeners. You're like, they have Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays. That's the that's the rhythm. That's the schedule. They have the market cornered on three day a week podcasts. Nobody else is putting out any shows on those days because they're scared. But um, <laughs> we recorded yesterday. We did well. We tried to record yesterday. I should say. Um, yeah, I, I, we had what we would call a recording session yesterday. We did well for one half, <laughs> for one half of us. Yeah, but yeah. Um, so we, I, we put the whole show together, and we recorded the show, and we went for forty-five minutes before we found out where uh, we were in the middle of our second-to-last news story, and then Shaw just very quietly says, "Connor, my mic isn't on, and I don't know when it turned off." And at that point. Maybe a lot of things just went wrong, and we figured it, out that yeah. it only recorded the first two seconds of the conversation. Which is is worse than if it had recorded nothing, because that implies <laughs> something happened after two seconds to stop it. But yeah, I only it had the start. <laughs> it had the start for you to say, "Connor, I'm recording," for it dead to stop two seconds later. And we didn't feel like. That was long enough of a podcast to put out. I think two seconds so, might be a bit under what you're required, really, for an episode. Might be taking the piss. Like, yeah. the, the intro is ten seconds. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had barely gotten in what is going on, everybody. Like, that is <laughs> that is the level we're talking about here. But uh, because so of... We had two options. Yeah. Uh, we could either re-record it, but that wasn't really an option because, uh, we, you know... 
we had planned other things for after the recording session, mm. so and, uh, or we could put out your half of the audio. <laughs> and tell you something though, I feel like people are demanding that. Like the Snyder Cut, people want to know the Connor Cut. Just his thoughts. What's he thinking? <laughs> no context. We'll start separate Patreons and just put each of our audio streams on it so that we can just fucking pick your favourite um, but yeah so we had we had several choices in regards to that we could re-record the episode but we felt we wouldn't be able to put the same energy in after because we did 45 minutes and you're just going to be re-talking over the same points a lot of the jokes maybe I mean you don't really want to start being trying to say the same jokes again that is nobody wants that so we thought instead this week we're going to do something special and it's something that we do for the Patreon once every month and that is the Lazarus Pit um, and it's where we go back and we watch one movie from whatever, a superhero movie from maybe the last 40 to 50 years um, and we just kind of give them a review and just have a look back, see if it still holds up to these days. So if, you're on the La- if you are on our Patreon, uh, the Lazarus Pit is $5 or more a month and you get an extra episode every single month. And so we've done Batman Begins. We've done Fantastic Four. We've done Star Wars The Phantom Menace. We've also done Spider-Man 2. Um, but then, and X-Men First Class. And X-Men Sorry. First Class, yeah. So if you subscribe now, you'll get all of them anyway. They all just come in a big bundle. Uh, you get everything previously as well. But um, we said, instead of going over news, we can go back to the news next week. As a, as a special treat, we will release a Lazarus Pit for free here uh, because we fucked up, and it's kind of an I- we're sorry. So <laughs> we together fucked up. <laughs> we, in equal measure. We succeed together, and we probably fail a lot together, Shaw. Don't you worry, boy. But uh, we ride together. <laughs> we die together. <laughs> we oh boy! <laughs> I love bad boys for life. Number three. Um, but Let's not forget that. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, Shaw, what do you want to? Re- what do you want to do? A Lazarus pit on and. Really, the first movie that was in my head was Spider-Man Homecoming, because I just love this movie. Um, and I said it to you, and you were like, I also love this movie. And it's something we could just do on the fly without much preparation. It's not like you have to... I rewatched the movie, like, a few weeks ago, um, and I have, yeah, I I have all too. the notes here. Yeah, because it, this is just... We bo- we've both seen this movie multiple times at this yeah. point. And it's just... It, why not talk about a movie that we we both love? And well, spoilers: Connor might hate it. I hate this movie. It's the worst Spider-Man movie. <laughs> First of all, that's an ignorant <laughs> statement. Second of all, <laughs> First of all, your opinion is clearly wrong. I don't normally say this, Connor, but you're fucking wrong. You've never been more yeah, wrong. No, I, frankly, I hope my recording doesn't. Compete. I think Spider-Man Three was the peak of these movies. And so when you come to me with Homecoming, I think, meh, it's a bit okay, like. What about The Amazing Spider-Man 2? Oh, fuck, that's a pretty good one as well. It's it's tied one and two with number three. (laughs) (laughs) That's a weird sentence you had to say. (laughs) So, yeah, so we're going to get into this now. If you've never listened to a Lazarus Pit before, we just do a bit of a run through through the movie. And as it goes on, we're going to give our thoughts a different scene. So it's not kind of... It's not going to be an overview. We'll go scene by scene, or the important scenes anyway, 
And if something comes up that we like, we'll mention it then instead of at the very end go, well, what did you like or what did you not like? We'll say it at the time. Yeah, it's a very it's a very linear kind of review that we, we go through on this. Yeah, and so the best place to start with Spider-Man Homecoming is the fact that it di- came out in 2017, which seems like a long time ago now. Um, this, Simpler times. This was in Marvel were absolutely killing it when they went Spider-Man Homecoming... Then they went Thor Ragnarok. Then they went Black Panther. Then they went Infinity War. That is a strong, <laughs> strong running. And that's four in a row where they killed it. And so this was kind of the start of that run. And um, it the cast in this, first of all, is amazing. We're probably going to give everyone their due as we go along, scene by scene. Um, it was on a budget of $175 million, made $880 million, a lot of money. Um, lots of money. Lots of money. And of course, Spider-Man had come back to Marvel during Civil War. Uh, that was like a big, massive thing. So this name is kind of a double, it's a double entendre in regards as the homecoming dance, but it's also the homecoming to Marvel for Spider-Man, the character. Um, and so we start off with... Possibly the biggest flaw in the whole movie, Sean. And that is... Yeah, and, and it's, it's not even, like, the contents of the scene. No. It it's just, one title card. One title card confused me. I remember in the cinema watching it going, that doesn't make any sense. Because now, eight years after 2012 is fine. But this movie came out in 2017. And the big card says, eight years later after the Avengers... Um, destroyed New York and Tombs is Which cleaning it up. Which was 2012. Yeah. But, or was it 2009? But then Happy I, later on says he's been keeping the ring on him since 2008, but Iron Man is set in 2010, so it doesn't, it doesn't light up in any way. Is this just a case of somebody fucked up the title card instead of saying eight, they should have said maybe five? I don't know. Yeah, the, this is Sony had one job in their involvement with this. <laughs> Kevin Feige was like, we'll leave this one to them. They can't ruin it. They can't. It's, it's putting text on the screen. <laughs> it's black and white as well. <laughs> like, oh, it's ridiculous. Now, uh, but aside from that, this intro scene with uh, if Michael Keaton as Adrian Toomes. Yes. And you see like the guys on the ground's reaction to holy shit, aliens just attacked. Yeah, it's um, it's they're doing the clean-up after all of uh, the Chitauri and everything destroyed New York uh, with the Avengers. Yes, well, they think they're doing the clean-up. Yeah, until Damage but, Control come in, which Damage Control are in the comic books, are they not? As, like, yeah. a squad that come in and clean up after the Avengers. Yeah, and Damage Control had, like, its own series where it was just, it was the Department of Damage Control and it was just, like... The day-to-day office goings-on, the people rebuilding everything. Their basic job is to rebuild New York exactly as it was prior to an attack. Yeah, so that's why the city always looks the exact same, no matter how much it gets destroyed. Yeah, like it could be reduced to rubble and they'll just build it back. (laughs) Um, So you see tombs cleaning up all the Chitauri things and then damage control come in to kind of go, get the fuck away. And in his way, he kind of takes some of the tech with him. Um, the origin story for Tombs in this and the Vulture is literally these two scenes where we see him cleaning it up, they get kicked off, 
and then he takes the also there's the painting at the start where he's looking at uh, the drawing from his kid that might come up yeah. later on but um, you uh, you see him t- saying to the lads well we take a few bits like pocket everything you can and then it says eight years later and you have the vulture and you see it's a completely running structure it's a it's a complete organization they have here that's low scale so that they fly under radar of the avengers but they are making money using this technology yeah and it's this you t- you can totally empathize with him because mm. uh first of all adrian tombs just fucking socks a guy like he just hits him straight square in the face because he's like, this would literally have changed my life if I got this job. Mm. It, like if I was paid to clean this up, I would be, I could look after my family the way I want to. And so when that's taken away, he's like, right, I'm still going to look after my family, but I'm doing it my way. And you get this beautiful, like, not even references, but proper introductions to all of his crew. And the tinkerer like is ha- there as well. Yeah, and the Tinker is like I think that's a great because the Tinker is often portrayed as like this old dude with gla- kind of a Doc Brown type. Mm. What is this, the Tinker like sh- in Marvel Comics, by the way? Just for you who doesn't know, the Tinker just yeah he, he for want of a better term he tinkers. <laughs> he and tinkers. Stuff. Uh, uh, he he can he's a very skilled like engineer and mechanic and electrical engineer. He can make any device mm. and he can also break any device and he can reverse engineer any device and he's a spider-man villain normally is he yeah i think he pops up in daredevil here okay, and then, yeah. there as well but yeah for for all intents and purposes and so he- but i like his portrayal in this as just like kind of a quiet shy dude uh like he sees a dude die and he's really uncomfortable with it <laughs> he's just a guy that likes tinkering that's all he wants to do yeah, and why wouldn't he be like enthusiastic about this alien? There's the alien tech. There's a Marvel one shot um, about it's about a couple who find Shatari technology uh, after the Battle of New York, like very similar, and they reverse engineer it to work, and they end up getting hired by Shield because none of their scientists could figure it out. Right. Okay. That's very. In- Did that come out before this movie? It did. It came out shortly after uh, Avengers 2012. Oh, Jesus. Um, so they were already onto this line of thinking even then, just to use it. But it's such a unique way to bring the character in. Because as I said, Spider-Man, his first appearance was in Civil War. But they could have just completely made it disconnected in this movie. But they did the complete opposite because it was a homecoming to Marvel. And so the best way to do that is, what's the biggest movie, what was the biggest event we'd had in our first phase? was the first Avengers. Let's bring Spider-Man in, even loosely connected to that thing. Now, they're saying Tom Holland was the kid in Iron Man 2. Maybe that's just kind of an add-on they've kind of done, but... I think that's definitely an add-on, but I like that. Yeah, I, I, I like the idea of that, yeah. But in regards to... You immediately say, okay, this villain has been around all this time. And it's just Spider-Man is new. He's kind of come on the scene. It connects everything straight away. And you're just like, oh yeah, I'm in this universe again. This is Sony, but it's also Marvel. Uh, okay, we're watching an MCU movie. Um, and so the 60s cartoon team then plays. And you have Peter's first 
introduction in this movie, which is his narration of the whole of the Civil War behind the scene, and he's just I like, I love this, and he and he's just this kid who's just like, oh my god, I stole Captain America's shield, oh my god, oh he's big now, oh gotta go. <laughs> yeah, I also love at the start he's putting on like the the hard ass voice talking about <laughs> oh, yeah. queens. But it, it's totally what a 15-year-old would do. Who's just like on a trip, he has a camera, he's going to fucking mess around with it. And he doesn't know why he's in Berlin as well. He's like, I don't know why I'm here. They just kind of brought me to Berlin. I don't know, Tony Stark just tells me to come here. Yeah, because it, it's, it's after in Civil War, Tony Stark goes to Queens and he's like, oh, you're Spider-Man. You're, you're clearly Spider-Man. But all of, and- <laughs> all of these scenes as well... They very much like the theme of this movie is that Spider Man wants to be friendly neighborhood Spider Man. And what better way to show that this movie is going to be a lot more grounded than the first you show the villain, he's in the rubble of the fucking big extravagant Avengers movie, he's cleaning up the rubble. And then the hero is it starts right after the big fucking civil war, and he's on the come down, and he's just a kid. Like, both of these main characters are like. They're just beside the the big thing, but they're not involved in that really. Like that's not their universe. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Tony Stark even says to him at one point, uh, "It's like, no, you you operate on the ground, for mm. want of a better word. Like you are just you patrol this street, and that's it." Well, that's why in the car straight away after the video, when he's just like, um, he you operate in that little grey area. <laughs> and, and then he yeah. and then he goes to re, uh, then the, there's also the video of them in the car where he's like how you doing that mate you're wearing something skimpy I hope and he starts laughing which is definitely Robert Downey Jr. just breaking character as oh, yeah. as Tony Stark 100% they didn't write a script for that bit they just said oh Robert Downey Jr. says something funny yeah um, and so he reaches across and the scene is in every trailer but he's just like um, he's looking for a hug but no I'm just getting the door for you we're not at hugging level just yet okay off you go yeah not not the time um, <laughs> and it leads into the, like the then you're in like the proper intro to this movie which is happy ghosting Peter Parker <laughs> It is, but like the soundtrack, the the whole next few scenes are literally they're so Spider Man, and that's the best compliment I can give this movie. That you have this soundtrack, and he's just on the train or he's on the whatever. Mm. He's texting Happy like, "You up? Hey, please. Yeah. Hey, what, what's up? I need, I'm 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 busy. I'm not I'm not busy. Like Happy, if you need me, I'm, I'm here." Not busy. It's it's Peter, by the way. It's, yeah, Peter it's, it's Peter. Uh, Peter Parker. Oh, and it, it's, but, we, uh, the, sorry, little bit of trivia. That song is called "The Underdog." Yeah, and that's great. Uh, which, which is very much what Peter Parker is in this movie. And it's all, uh, it's all great. Co- it's got very good comedic moments here as well. In terms of the high school news that's up in the corner, like the fucking CGI oh, yeah. on that or the the green screen is fucking awful. And the two of them are like, yes, we are doing this. I am so I, stilted and unnatural. <laughs> I too am excited. Two 15-year-olds trying to read the news. Um, and then it's him in class as well. Like, that is... This whole scene, surely... I know you love Spider-Man, but the first time you've seen this, you must have been like, oh, this is this is Spider-Man. Like, he's in class. Yeah. There's this song going on. Everything. He's in a... It's a school for geniuses as well. Yeah, it's like a... It's, it's like a mini MIT, like it's all about science and technology kind of a thing. Yeah. 
which is the most Peter Parker school there is. <laughs> if only there was a photography course he was also if in. Only. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it is pure Spider-Man, this whole movie. Even the bits that are like... Because we'll get into it a bit, but a lot of the complaints in this movie is that, oh, he's just got the Stark suit, so he's fine. Mm. But even the Stark suit, so it's all very uh, comic book Spidey. But the Stark suit is used as a means to an end. Like, they want to get him to the neighbourhood Spider-Man guy. And you get him there by, you give him the Stark suit, but at the end he doesn't want it. Like, that's that's where we need to get to. Um, if it's yeah. a means what, to an yeah. end. Exactly. What's the line? It's like, if if you're nothing without the suit, you don't deserve it. And so th- you need to have the first two acts where he's got this fucking amazing suit. And people were complaining, like, oh, it's just Iron Man, Spider-Man or whatever. But if you don't have those two last two acts, that the last act where he's under all that rubble, not to give spoilers away, that scene plays completely differently. Like, that scene is yes. amazing because we've gone through the previous hour and a half. Yeah, it's been earned. Yeah. Like, that, that moment was earned by, by us and by Peter. <clears throat> and so we also have his first trip out as Spider-Man with the soundtrack playing, and he's just... He's solving petty crimes. He's giving directions to all women. He's just ordering food. There's a guy screaming. I'm like, hey, you Spider-Man, do a flip. And he just does a flip. Like, it is... I remember watching this just being, like, smiling ear to ear. Like, oh, shit, they've done it. Like, this is Spider-Man on a screen. Yeah, because it's not just... He doesn't just fight the big baddies all the time. He literally helps people. Yeah. Like the, the only other piece of media, aside from comics, the only other piece of media I've seen that gets this right is the PS4 game, where you literally do odd jobs for people. And that's kind of what he does, like, especially at the start, when he's just a 15-year-old who has powers, and he hasn't, there's, he's not going to have, like, Green Goblin every single week. He's just going to be walking around like, I'm looking for things to do. Um, and I know we're we're saying all this, but obviously Maguire and Garfield have come along before that. They were good at separate things, but I think, like, we're going to get into it later on, but Tom Holland is the perfect encapsulation of both of their strengths, and that is why he works so well in this role. Yeah, he's, like, and he is, he, at the time, he was the youngest person to play Peter Parker as well, which I think shouldn't be glossed over that you didn't have this 30 year old man pretending to be a 15 year old I think Tom Holland might have been 18 when this was filmed yeah and like he just fucking he sells everything so well he sells the awkwardness of being a teenager and but also like the delight at oh I'm fucking Spider-Man yeah like that scene where he's stopping the person breaking into the car and they're like it's my car <laughs> and yeah. he's like he's after webbing them but the scene that really gets me is the bit with Donald Glover later on when he's just like you're a criminal yes. you're a criminal no you're a criminal and he's walking away I'm just like <laughs> you fucking little charmer my god you're perfect as <laughs> Spider-Man it's uh, and uh, yeah, it's even like that. Oh man, I got ice cream in here. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he has his first trip out with Spider-Man, and then you have the bank robbery where he's intercepting him, and this is our first scene with um, the guys using Tombs's uh, technology that that gang has yes. cultivated. Um, and this is it. this is what really brings Peter into their world, just even a little bit. Yeah, and interesting fact about just I thought I'd bring it up now in this film. 
uh, Spider-Man never punches anyone. Really? Yeah, he dodges, he'll make them punch each other, he'll hit them with webs, but he'll never throw a punch at anyone. That is so interesting. I, n- I never even thought about that, but yeah, now that you mention it, holy shit. Yeah, like, I, I just think it's great. <laughs> I think it's... Because, I, and I don't just think it's... Um, how do I say this? It, character-wise, I think it makes sense that little old Peter Parker wouldn't feel comfortable punching someone. Because <laughs> also, if if makes... Spider-Man could rip a man's face off if he punched him hard enough. Absolutely. If Spider-Man punches a regular man, that man dies. Yeah, but at full strength, like. So, um, he intercepts the bank robbery. Now, the bit I don't like with this is they've set up the shop across the road before that, and then the guys blow it up, and it's used for a bit of, like, drama, but the guy is fine, and then the cat is fine, and nobody dies, and he just goes in and he saves him. I just think... I don't know, I think you probably could have done with maybe a bit more of tragedy there, but then does it become every other origin for Peter Parker, because we're skipping all of that. That's the thing, see, I think that what we were meant to take away from that scene is, um, earlier on in the movie, the the guy in the shop is kind of rude to Peter. Mm. Uh, And I think later on... um, the guy in the shop is talking and he's like, oh, I fucking love Spider-Man. <laughs> I think that's the, 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 that's why that scene exists. Is that like, I, maybe it's to, just to, the to way, enhance the double life. It's maybe the way the explosion goes off. Like, it's just such a big explosion. Like, yeah, nobody's going to survive that. And it's like really dramatic music as well. I think it's just like, it's a complete um, change of tone, but maybe that's what they were going for. A bit of a shock factor just in that situation. Um, and so he saves the guy across the road and uh, he gets home. Also, he has to tell Aunt May that he's after losing another school bag when they go for food. Yeah. And she's like, that's five surely, of them. <laughs> surely she'd cotton on, wouldn't she? <laughs> surely. Um, but when he gets back home and he's crawling in along the roof, he drops down. And who is there but our good friend oh. Ned, who this is... Ned leads. Ned, who is... Basically, uh, is it Genki? Who, um, uh, oh, the Miles yeah, Morales so. character. Yes, he's well. He's the guy in the chair. The guy in the chair, and so they've kind of combined Miles Morales and Peter Parker here. But Ned Jacob Attalon in this is amazing. He's just great as the guy in the chair, um, and so he finds out that Peter is Spider Man, which is hilarious just because for the next several scenes he keeps asking him questions like do you lay oh. eggs yeah it's so and he's like are you an avenger <laughs> and Peter's like yeah 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 <laughs> yeah because that's what a 15 year old would do yeah no i am yeah i i, I definitely am yeah like ned in this is d- d- he's such a good friend as well because compare Ned finding out that Peter is Spider-Man to fucking, uh, J- uh, not, yeah, James Franco finding out that Tobey Maguire is Spider-Man. Oh no, he's going to tr- strap him to a chair and kill him. Yeah, it's entirely different. I like, have amnesia, he'll say. <laughs> Connor, if I was Spider-Man and you found out, yeah, how, how would you act? I would you would, tie me to a chair? I would tell you something now, I would not go fucking near you violently. I'll tell you that. First of all, step one, get you on my side. In case I'm in a battle of some kind in the future. Step two, point you towards my enemies. <laughs> Sean, 
punch. <laughs> but that's me. You punch the mirror, Sean. <laughs> Go on. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Um, so, yeah. And Ned and Peter's relationship in this is just, it's very wholesome. Like, and then if you throw Zendaya, who he's not revealed as MJ just yet, but if you throw her in, I the character, the three of them together have great chemistry. Like, all of the younger actors in this just all bounce off each other. You can tell that they, like, lived in the same house together for several months. Yeah, and they, they really... It's a really natural kind of conversational acting. Mm. Like, a lot of times when people are having a conversation, you feel like oh, he's waiting for him to get to the end of his line so he can say his line. But this one, they'll literally, they'll talk over each other and they'll act like people, which is really nice. It's really well scripted. Like, the the best thing I can say about this movie is that you don't think it was written by probably two dudes in their 30s or 40s who, who had to write about high school people. Like, these are just... Uh, it seems like this is what a 15-year-old would say and that's the best compliment you can give it. Yeah, really, and it, and it's also it's a speaking of the writing. There's a lot of like ways they could have leaned into teen movie high school tropes mm. because literally because Ned is a blabbermouth uh, and tells everyone that Peter knows Spider Man. Uh, they both get invited to a high school party. <laughs> True, and it would have been so easy to just have, you know. Uh, Tom Holland or Peter Parker, whoever you want to call him, uh, jump in and be like, "Hey, everyone's the everyone, be nice to Peter. Peter's real cool." <laughs> uh, but instead, he actively doesn't go and he does the right thing. Yeah, you see him like he's battling with himself and he wants to go because Ned has turned up in his hat and Ned is looking oh, fly God. in his hat. You know what I mean? He's looking real cool, and so he is. To be fair, it is a cool hat. <laughs> it's a cool hat, and uh, Zendaya has a great line where she's like, "Why are you guys here?" And they're like, "You're here. Am I? Am I here?" <laughs> um, and so they're at the party. Also, uh, I don't want to overlook possibly the best comedic line in the movie is. Um, when they're watching the TV and it's Captain America and the gym teacher says, pretty sure this guy's a war criminal now, but yeah, we got to go and do whatever he says. <laughs> yeah, we got to show this tape. It's whatever. <laughs> That's classic gym teacher like, oh, look, man, I'm just getting paid for the hour. Just for, Let's just do some shit. Yeah. Dodge ball. Um, dodge, dodge the ball. Kick the ball. I don't care. <laughs> and so, yeah, you see them at the party and they get involved in this situation where Peter is in this full Spider-Man suit. And he's like, I have to go in because I promised Peter Spider-Man would be there. But he looks up and there's a big massive blue beam into the sky. But it's not full blue beam. It's just an explosion. Um, blue beam. Can't have a Marvel movie without it. And so he has to basically go, can I be popular or do I want to save people? And of course, the classic Peter Parker thing. You go straight towards the danger um, and fuck the popularity. And also you have him running out of trees and he has to run across yeah. a golf course. <laughs> you put Spider-Man in the suburbs and then what do you do? <laughs> and he stands at the edge and he just, he points his arms and he just lets go of the web and it just attaches to nothing. And there's just a second of silence and he's like, huh, huh. all right. <laughs> and in the next scene is just him running over like the 18 toll. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. And then... And this is where uh, Donald Glover's character comes in, uh, Aaron Davis. Yes. And, uh, so, Shocker and a dude who's not Shocker. Are, <laughs> who's about to be Shocker. 
Well, it's okay. <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, so they're doing a deal with Aaron Davis. And he's like, hey, you can buy all these uh, Chitari weapons. And the deal is going bad. Mm. So, uh, you know, Peter, Peter saves a criminal. Is what he does. Well, first of all, Donald Glover says, "I just want to, I just want to hold people up. I don't want to send them back in time." <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think that's a great. Like this movie, this cast is so strong. They have Donald Glover, but he's just like he's in two scenes. Like if you got Donald Glover, I would throw him front and center for this whole movie as some other character maybe not just as that character like if you have him there but they just use him just for the and Donald Glover is one of the best actors going yeah and musicians also just as it goes (laughs) yeah he's he's pretty good at most things Um, he's pretty great it's not fair (laughs) and so Peter saves him I think he says if you're gonna punch anybody punch me or shoot me yeah. If you're going to shoot anyone, shoot. If you're going to shoot someone, shoot me. And that comes back later on. It's just a line he says in that scene, but that works with the story later on. Like everything in this movie, there's not one scene that's slowing down in this movie. Everything is connected, and it's just going. Yeah, like the. No, and and everything is connected in a way. Like if 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 the Chitari had never invaded, this movie wouldn't happen. And even the bits say the high school and then the villain. Like, you don't think they're connected, but they are. <laughs> like, everything is just... Oh, we'll get to that. Exactly. So, um, he so- he stops the explosion and he- he's attached to the back of their van as they're driving away. And this is the first time we see the vulture or Michael Keaton or Tubes come in and he brings them up into the sky and he just fucking drops them from, like, 500 feet. Um, they made the vulture look terrifying. <clears throat> He is, like, the animation on that is fucking great. Yeah, because it's, like, it's nearly, like, animal, the mm. way they're able to do it. Like, it's nearly so natural, but it's so fucking robotic and synthetic, and it's horrifying. Like, if that was coming at you on a dark night, and you just see those green eyes coming at you, mm. you're, de- you're, like, you're gone. You have a heart attack before and, you even touch it. like, when you. Peter's going up, all you, you can hear the wind... And it's just, it's cut really well. You're just like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on? And you can be, you don't get like a full view <clears throat> of the vulture. Like, you get a view of his face, but like, it's just kind of all taken in shots. And it's, you see from Peter's point of view, like, who the fuck is this guy? He's just dragging me into the sky. Yeah. And then he drops him. Just drops him. Um, he falls into the ocean. And then we have Mr. Tony Stark. He turns up and he drags him out of the sea, of the river, I suppose, or the or the sea, um, and drops him down. But it's, it's Tony Stark. I don't know where he is. Do you know where he is on holiday? I think he's in India somewhere. Is he? Um, and so he's having a conversation with one of the waiters at the same time as giving out to Peter for going above and beyond. Yeah, he's essentially using Skype inside an Iron Man suit. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on this scene? I like it. Mm. I think it's. I think it's no. It sets up a lot of stuff later on in the film, mm. but I th- it it shows Tony Stark in kind of a better light because he didn't just let this fifteen year old loose with what is essentially a weapon of mass destruction. And you find out that Peter's been listening to every single voicemail. That's such a small note, just in terms of like, uh, or do you find that later on 
it's a one time you find out that Peter's been listening to all the voicemails that he's been le- leaving, and he's just like, Tony? "Oh, you ha- you helped that old lady." Oh yeah, uh, I think that is later on, isn't it? Okay, that's fair enough. I I probably mix up the two meetings. There's one that doesn't go so well. Actually, both of them are kind of both of them are great. <laughs> yeah, um, but I just enjoy that because I think that's an amazing. Uh, way to use Tony Stark just as that kind of paternal figure that you're just like he's not really one but everyone else doesn't really look at him like that but you see in the way he acts that he will literally do it like he's looking after Peter Peter's his oh yeah boy. whatever happens Peter will be fine yeah um uh, but and then uh we see Tombs back in his HQ and yeah. <laughs> uh He's taking the piss out of Shocker. Mm. Calling, like, being like, oh, the Shocker. And then he accidentally kills the guy who's Shocker. <laughs> and he just, like, he just walks it off. He's just like, oh, what? no. Nobody told, me this was a d- <laughs> Nobody told me this was a dissolver gun. Fuck. <laughs> ah, well, and he just takes the glove and throws it to the new guy. He's like, you're the Shocker now. Good work. Yeah, that's actually, uh, his name is Herman Schultz. All right. And he is actually the shocker in the comics. Ah, interesting. I don't know if he probably got it like that in the comics. Probably not. No, no. I think it was a... I'll be honest, early days it could have been hit by lightning. I don't know. <laughs> it is comic books in the 40s. He probably got hit by lightning. Um, so the two guys, they find out, they're like, who the fuck is this spider guy? Um, and he took a bit of their tech... And so they track it down to the school and they're kind of going in. Um, Peter uses his Iron Man suit or Spider-Man suit to send the tracker with them. Um, and he kind of follows them away. Now, this is when the vulture takes off and they all kind of yes. go away. And he sees this as a point of like, I want to go on that decathlon with the school that I turned down because I had to stay with the Tony Stark internship. But now I want to go to Washington. Because they're, I think, did they say like they're um, an hour outside of Washington or whatever? Yeah, I think they're going to um, Maryland, Maryland, oh, right, okay. which is near Washington. Um, uh, and, and so he goes on the decathlon bus and Flash gets kicked back off the team. Yeah. Oh, also, we didn't talk about Flash Thompson in this. Yeah. Flash Thompson in this is what an actual bully is like. He's just <laughs> a bit of a dickhead. He's, he's a dickhead. Like, he's not Joe Maginello when he's 45 and older than the teacher. Like, he's just this scrawny little dude who's smaller than Peter, who's just got a big mouth and lots of money. And he's just like, ah, oh, you're fucking dickheads. You are not yeah. as good as me. Now, and could you imagine if Sony wasn't as involved as they are and that Flash Thompson had to become Venom? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> that sounds terrible. It sounds more terrible, but something I want to see. I, it has to exist in some, like, oh. pitch somewhere. I think, is that Tony uh, Revolori? I think he plays Flash. Um, I don't know who he is. I okay. don't know what his, no his name is, but... He's fucking fantastic. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, the whole cast here is great, but he's just so annoying. And in the second one, when he's always he's always live streaming, and you're just like, oh, by, the, yeah. by about the third scene, you're just like, oh, dude, put down the phone. 
Fucking hell, I hate you. But then, yeah, and not getting onto the second one too much, but there's that bit, and he's just, you can see his texts, and it's just like, Mother, have not heard from you or father in days. <laughs> yeah. He's just a dude trying to get his parents love, man, and he'll just do anything. Um, he'll do anything, he'll bully any man. He'll bully any man. So, uh, Peter's under the catalog to Washington, um, and him and Ned disable the Stark tracker that's in the suit. Uh, because Happy rings him and is like, why are you going to Washington? Oh, I'm going to the Catalan. Okay, cool. But then that tips yeah. him off that there's like, there's a tracker in the suit. So I'm going to have to get rid of this tracker out of it. And Ned's the guy in the chair. So he's the man to yeah, do and it. What, what is it? The training wheels protocol is how it is called. And he's whinging about it and complaining about it as he b- jumps up and down in the bed. He treats yeah. me like a kid. He's <laughs> like, yeah, to, Peter, you're 15. You you are a kid. Um, I. Uh, how? It's never really explained, but Ned is just a computer genius. Is that it? Like, because he's able to hack Stark tech. See, unless Tony made it really easy to hack, but I suppose it is set up that Ned is in the the STEM school or whatever it is. Like, That's he must true, be a genius. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I didn't. I, I forgot about that temporarily. Mm. So, I mean, I think it's just assumed that they're all geniuses. So, just kind of go with it that they're able to hack into stuff. Even Flash? Not Flash. No. <laughs> Not Flash. He can live oh, stream. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, Peter then, he also has the classic... Uh, What's the, the classic Spider-Man look where he has... Liz comes around. Uh, Liz is, of course, his love interest. She comes around and she's just like, we're all going to the pool. It's going to be great. It can be me and you. It can be like a special night here, like me and you. We can bond. We can bond, make a connection. This is what you've always wanted. Ha, ha, ha. Eyebrows up and down a lot. And he's just like, yeah, I would love to do that, but I have to go fight a guy. <laughs> so Yeah, oh. I got spider Manning to do. And of course, the classic bit of just before he leaves, he looks over the roof and they're all sitting at the pool. And he has to have that moment where he looks down. He's like, I can never have a normal life. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be the same Spider-Man story without sad Peter Parker. I want more Maguire cryface, though. I think the exact same scene, but when it cuts back to the headshot, instead of Tom Holland, have Maguire's sad face. Someone has absolutely done, like, a deep fake <laughs> on that, haven't they? <laughs> Put Maguire's sad face on every sad Peter Parker scene. Yeah, it's a, it's a money-making idea. Oh, can you imagine? I'm just going to throw this out there. Tom Maguire... I don't feel so good, Mr. Stark. I think Oscars. I'm saying it now. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God, yes. Tom McGuire is about the same age as Robert Downey Jr. (laughs) I don't feel so good, Mr. Stark. (laughs) I don't feel so good, fellow adult. (laughs) Fellow man. How many kids do you have? Um, And so, yeah, he has to go stop. Um, He also... Uh, he goes to the petrol station or whatever it is, and he's you did this is our first introduction to instant kill mode, which is yes. it's like no no I don't want to kill anyone. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I I like the um what was it is it Karen? Yeah, is it, yeah I like Karen in the suit because it it gives Spider Man a reason to talk to himself out loud for us. And Karen is voiced by Jennifer Connelly who is married to Paul Bettany, who is the original Jarvis. 
Beautiful. It's God, they, just, they did well out of that, didn't they? It's it's all connected. Um, and so uh, Jennifer Connelly is great in the role, just as, like, she's like, I've activated instant kill mode. And he's like, what? No, 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 no. And then he jumps off the side and he just lands face first and because she's after changing the webs. And he's yeah. like, you have 550 upper options for webs. He's like, what the fuck is going on here? Maybe he should have used those trading wheels for a little further. Maybe he should have just like ramped up to the five hundred mm. web options. Maybe, uh, but at that point, you def you see that like, I think this scene is perfect because I know people complain about the Iron Man suit that Spider Man's wearing one, but he doesn't understand it. Like he's just one of us in that suit. Like there's no point in having all that technology if you don't understand it. It's fairly useless at that stage. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's. He he can do the basics, but he could do the basics without the suit. Yeah, and and that's that's the whole point in regards to that like if you have five hundred four options, you could be completely overpowered. But if you only know three of those options, it's like in a video game where you have nine hundred combos, but he only knows the same three moves, so he's just gonna keep doing them. Yeah, just spam circle and then you'll, <laughs> see, you'll what, win see what fucking happens. Um, and so he finds Tombs trying to take off, take all of the gear out of the truck. They have, I wonder the four things like the four. Uh, they make things that you can just kind of go through them. I don't. I don't know the scientific term for that. <laughs> clearly, a portal of some kind. A portal of some kind. Um, and so he's in the truck. Peter drops yeah. in, um, and Tombs is like, "What the fuck are we doing here? Like, we're we're the whole way across the country, like." Um, and Tombs gets out of that situation, but Peter goes to jump, and they just completely remove the portal. And he just yeah. smashes his head off the roof of the truck. Dude, I can fucking... I can, like, feel that in my <laughs> head. Because like, he goes... Because he's intending to jump maybe 50 feet in the air. Yeah. So he has that much power behind him. And it just all goes into his skull. And you know I feel that. I've had many a concussion shot. You know I do You've feel so that. many concussed shows. <laughs> So, like, yeah, he gets absolutely... The only word I can use is he gets absolutely smashed. <laughs> like, just yeah. fucked. It's, like, it's bad. Yeah, and so he's in the truck, and they end up in the damage control building. Because um, that's who Tombs was taking off. And he's trapped inside this big, massive warehouse. And this is one of... See, there's so many good scenes in this movie, but... This is one of those scenes where you're like, he's chatting away to Jennifer Connelly or Karen or whatever, and they're having this really hard to heart moment. You're like, this is a really bonding experience. And then she's like, how long? Or he's like, how long has passed? <laughs> she's like, 45 <laughs> minutes. What the hell? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, like, it's, he's, it's really interesting because it's, He's useless in there. Like he could have, he could be able to swing on webs all he likes, but he can't get out of the building. So. Yeah, he has five hundred and four web combos, but no way to get out the door. Yeah, but it does show that he what he does is he starts practicing and he starts learning what some of them do. Mm. And he needs that because otherwise he would just run headfirst into every battle and not understand what they do. Yes, and so like in the meantime, while all this is happening, like. Ned and the other, for want of a better term, nerds. The nerds. That <laughs> they're all ready to get to the decathlon, and they're like, "Where's Peter?" Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's a classic Spider-Man trope. Where's Peter? 
He's always late for everything. That's classic him. It, 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 Peter Parker being late is... Mm. It's If you were to build a pyramid of <laughs> essential character traits. <laughs> and it's because he finds out that the power core is unstable. And he's like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. I need to get back to Nate. Because he's carrying it around in his backpack. Yeah, he's essentially carrying a live bomb with yeah. him. Yeah, and so they win the decathlon with Zendaya getting the, the winning answer, I think. Um, Peter's replaced by Flash. Um, and so they then say, we'll have a bit of a celebration. We've won. Let's go to the Washington Monument. Uh, what a great Yay. idea. Um, yeah, and the whole thing is that if the Chitari thing is exposed to radiation... It'll it'll go off. And of course, so they goes, X-ray everyone when they go into the Washington Monument. Oh, lads! If you just not X-rayed, <laughs> ironically, not X-raying would have solved all oh, the problems. Oh no! Yeah, you would have been able to carry that bomb in and out. No worries. Indefinitely, um, even on the plane home. <laughs> So uh, they're all in the Washington Monument, and you have this great thing where he's like trying to get there, and he finally gets there. He runs past the. Day, um, he ju- and he's climbing up it and it's at this point he's halfway up and you're just like holy shit he's really really high up yeah I I, I think there was something said but in this film up until he climbs the monument he has a fear of heights right is it I think one of the directors said that or something but there, there, there is a there's there, there's some note saying that Peter Parker has or had a fear of heights and he just made himself get over it because he's like, sure, I need to be up high. Oh, God, it's just, that's such a Peter Parker thing. Well, I want to help people, but I'm also scared. <laughs> I'll just keep doing it anyway. Yeah, and you see, like you say, when he's halfway up, like he gets dizzy and nervous. Yeah, which I think anybody would. I would be yeah, shitting myself. So the monument is fucking massive. Yeah, I don't think you realise how big it is until you're standing on the edge of it at the very top on the slant. Yeah. So he, um, he's climbing up. The grenade explodes. Yes, and in the elevator. Is trapped in, in an elevator. Yeah, mm. and you have this uh, great scene where he gets to the top and the helicopters behind him and they're like, "Get down." Get down, and he has the moment where he has to flip backwards over the helicopter, attach to it, fly back in through the tiny little window with enough force because he can't kick it down by himself. So he has yeah. to get enough energy to go through the window to be able to catch the elevator and save everyone. And he does it, and he and he does it, and it's just a great Spider-Man moment. Like at the end of it, you're just like fucking hell. That was that was tense. obviously he was definitely going to do it. Like you weren't going to kill a lot of kids, but like in the moment in that scene, you're like that's great. It just shows like he will literally do anything to save these people. Yeah, even Flash, who's a dickhead to him. Yeah, um, and I do like also- that bit as well. Sorry, it, Go on. he's putting on the cool Spider-Man voice when he's talking to him in the elevator. Yeah. And he just, he's what's it, he's just about to say, is he saying something about Peter Parker or something like that? And the elevator just drops. <laughs> and the, the bit where um, he saves everyone, and then of course Liz is the last one left. He saves her, and he drags her up. Um, and then Jennifer Connelly's in his ear just going, kiss her. Kiss her, you're upside down, kiss her, kiss her. And then then the thing breaks and he just falls down the elevator shaft. 
It's brilliant. Um, and so everybody saved. Your good old pal Spider-Man saved you. It was very lucky he was in Washington at the time. It was no, very that lucky. That won't come up later. That probably won't come up later. And obviously, they're all meant to be like really smart. Surely they could figure it out. Yeah, well, Zendaya's on the ground. Oh, she knows. I think she, she yeah, knows she pretty full much well. knows. Yeah. She put um, it together right then and there. And so uh, you all, you have him coming back to New York there with them, and he's like, I need to find tombs. Like, I need to know where these guys are. And so he meets up with Donald Glover, and uh, I just call him Donald Glover. <laughs> like, yeah. um, and so they have this good scene where Donald Glover gives the information. He's like, I've got a nephew in this ta- in this area, and I don't want him being exposed to that kind of technology, um, which might be a hint for something else, Sean. I don't know what. Um, oh, it's definitely Miles Morales. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but he, he that's a bit of a, um, what's the word? An Easter egg. Um, and so then you have Peter, he attaches his hand to the thing or he traps him. And then that's where he says, you're a criminal. No. And he's like, you got to release me. I gave you what you wanted. No, no, you're a criminal. No, yeah. you're staying there. I like intimidation mode in the suit as well. <laughs> yeah, and it has like the voice change. It's like the Gr- Christian Bale Batman voice. And he's like, this is your first time, isn't it? You are not good at this. Yeah. If if you want to keep doing this, you have to get better at this part. <laughs> yeah. like, Donald Glover's talking him through interrogating him. Yeah, he Donald Glover has complete control in that situation. <laughs> yeah. Um and the only reason he gives up the information, as we've said, is because of his nephew. Like he's just looking, he's like, You're clearly like a fifteen year old kid. Like, what the fuck are you gonna do? Um yeah. and so uh he also says that he respects him because earlier on he was like, If you're gonna shoot someone, shoot me. Like that's pretty brave. Um and so he tells him about the Staten Island fe- Staten Island ferry. And Peter decides, let's head over for a bit of a ferry trip, Sean. I mean, it's lovely around this time of year. Also, they're doing a weird deal for weapons, so I should probably be there undercover. Probably, that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, so, yeah like, um, t- the, the Tombs is selling weapons to Mac Gargan, who is the Scorpion. Okay. Uh, and Peter thinks he's going to go in. And everything's going to be fine. Yeah, I think that's the classic young Spider-Man idea. Just like, sure, I'll be there. I'll figure it out. I don't really have a plan other than that I'll be there. And I'll just yeah, do some stuff. his plan is go there. <laughs> his plan is go there and go, stop. Stop all this bad stuff you're doing. And then the guys will be like, you know what? The kid is right. He's raised yeah. a good point. Um, uh, but it doesn't go well. And the ferry ends up being cut in half. It did through a series of events. Um he ends up releasing one of the uh weapons just starts firing uncontrollably and it splits the fucking ferry in two and this is a great scene because you have Peter Toombs gets away and you have this amazing scene where Peter is just like uh also Peter has seen Toombs without his mask on on that ship so he knows what yes. he looks like. Um but he splits the ferry in two and Peter looks for all of the structural points that he needs to basically keep the ship together, which, I mean, is a loser battle at this stage. If a ship is split in two, that's kind of the, the idea to, we should probably get off. But, yeah, probably abandon ship at that point. But he's like, okay, there's points there, there, and, they, and the suit is scanning for these points, and they're like, there's 97 points or whatever. And so he 
He's just swinging through, getting all these webs, crisscrossing them, tying them up, going piece by piece, going the whole way through. And then he gets to the end, and the suit says, you've got 96 of them. And he's like, I missed one. And then, of course, the whole thing just fucking starts falling apart. Yeah, but then Tony Stark and all of the Stark robots uh, save the day. Which, I mean, they came along really quickly. Like, it was 90 seconds between ship getting cut and Tony being there. Yeah, I don't know, was he waiting until the last minute to really prove a point? But. Yeah, uh, so I suppose I, I that's so, a very yes. Tony Stark move. <laughs> it is. Um, and so Tony saves everybody by pushing the whole thing together and then re melding it all back down the middle. Um. And then you have a scene with the two of them where Tony is very much like a a parent scolding their young child. Oh yeah, he's like he, but Tony is furious in this scene. So I like I don't blame him because Peter nearly killed a bunch of people after Tony specifically told him not to stay on the ground, do just be friendly neighborhood Spider Man. So like. He, I also love the minute with the moment where, because it's just an Iron Man suit. So Tom Holland is like, "Oh, if you really cared, you would be here." And he, Tony, just steps out. Yeah, and it's just like this badass woman, like, "Oh, he he does care." Oh shit. <laughs> oh shit! This is much worse than I thought. <laughs> yeah, like Peter's like, "Oh, I must have really fucked up if you're actually here." And so, crux of the matter. Uh, we get the line, if you're not in without the suit, then you don't deserve it. And, and Peter... Tony... Sorry, well, go ahead. I was going to say that Peter is very much like, we were all when you are 15, and your parents are like, well, I'm going to take that away. No, 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 seriously, I need this. No, I like, I need this. But Peter's like that with a suit. Like, it's this newfound technology that he has. He's like, no, yeah. like, this is, this is like the shittiest thing. I need this. Like, and, and Tony is very much just looking at him like... If you're, you don't need the fucking suit to be Spider-Man. You are Spider-Man without the suit. Like, I was just trying to help you. Your whole personality, your identity is not the suit. Your identity comes and then the suit is just an add-on. Yeah, exactly. And so taking it away, it shouldn't take Spider-Man away. Mm. But, and, uh, it, it, but in a way it does for a while. Because Peter's just like, okay, I'm just going to be a high schooler. But I, I think that is... These scenes are really good because these scenes lead up to the best scene in the movie and these scenes work just as a complete like counterpoint to the tension we're about to feel in like five minutes. But it's just oh, like God. a montage of <laughs> you're already thinking about it. But it is just like a montage of Peter learning to dance, uh Aunt May teaching him how to tie his tie. He asks Liz to the homesco- homecoming dance, and uh, she says yes. And she clearly fancies him back. And so you have this great thing where everything's coming up Millhouse for old Spidey. What could go wrong in this scenario, Sean? They pull up to the house. Peter's on cloud nine. I don't think anything's going to go wrong for Peter Parker. I think his life from now on is going to be perfect. I audibly gasped in the cinema. He walks up to the front door, rings the doorbell. And who opens the door but Mr. Michael Keaton... In an incredible reveal. A reveal that I I did not guess. And everyone I've talked to did not guess. Um, I think it was played so close to the chest. It's mentioned that Toomes has a daughter. It's meant that she's into art. 
but it's not ever really expanded upon and it's only when you go back and watch it a second time that he's looking at that little that drawing of his young daughter in the first scene you're just like they were fucking telling us from the very start holy shit yeah like it's it's so good and Toombs obviously doesn't know that Peter is Spider-Man uh, but Peter is just like his his entire body is tense yeah. this scene Tom Holland acts this like incredibly well just because we're with him like you're as you said you were in the cinema and you gasped like we are right there with him like oh shit and then it becomes the bit where Keaton doesn't know but Tom Holland like Peter's sitting there and Toomes doesn't know why this kid is stared at weird but Peter's just stared at like you nearly killed all those people like me and you have fought lots of times but he can't tell him and presumably Toomes is just like, oh, he's nervous about meeting her dad. Yeah, and it makes sense. And um, Toomes comes across as a loving father here, which is even better. Like, he's just, him and the wife are, like, having a bit of banter. There's just, like, there's just some there's some cute moments. And then before, like, Liz goes off, he's just like, let's take a photo. It's your big night, Liz. Come on, we have to take a photo with you and your po- and your boyfriend. Come on, Peter, get in. And Peter's like trying to smile, and it's the worst yeah. smile ever. He just oh, like because his mind is going a mile a minute. Baby. Yes. Okay. Do I stop him? Do I kill him? Do I do? Are, are we gonna fight? I have in my notes now for this very next scene is um, reveal exclamation mark and then best scene in the movie. Now there's two scenes that I love in this movie. But this car scene, I think, is slightly better. Um, this is so good. This might be... This is up there, I think, with the Doc Ock fight in Spider-Man 2. I think this is one of the best Spider-Man scenes ever put on film. Yeah, oh, definitely. Because it's it's this really well-paced thing. They're all in the car. You got Vulture up front and Peter and Laser in the back seat. And so the conversation comes around to what happened in Washington and wasn't it lucky Spider-Man saved you? And what But up until that like, point, it's very it's the exact same as all if any parent trying to get conversation out of their teenage daughter and her date for the dance where like there's this awkward silence and Toomes is asking questions everybody's dad would have asked and that was like oh um I heard you're working for Tony Stark just like some some sort of character trait he knows about this poor boy that he's just trying yeah. to start a conversation with because like Toomes doesn't know that Peter's Spider-Man that's the whole key to this scene yeah and, and so, so yeah I just it's it's mind blowing because Liz says, "Oh, sure, it's you were never you're you're never there when Spider Man's around." Like, <laughs> she says it so flippantly, like, and he just you can see Keaton acting the shit out of it in the front seat, just like slowly putting the jigsaw pieces together. The more sentences that comes out, yeah, like it's he, he, and he, it is Keaton's even saying at the start, he's like, uh, Peter, like." Do I know you from something? Your voice is really familiar. Yeah, and he can't quite place it. And that's why it works that Peter's in the back seat because he's not looking directly at him. Like, he just hears it in his ear as well. 
And so he's like looking at the road, but he can hear Peter's voice in his ears. He's like, where have I heard that voice before? Yeah, and Keaton's, he is acting the shit out of it. Like, you can see the clock's turning. And then he pulls up and he stops because it's a red light. Mm. And, uh, uh, sorry, it's, I just, I'm... (laughs) But like because, yeah, he pulls up he pulls up to the red light and it's at the moment that it goes green that he says lucky your good old pal Spider-Man was there wasn't it yeah because it <laughs> clicks because as soon as he gets to that red light he's suspecting it yeah and then it's yeah and it's good old Spider-Man and then green light and like I remember sitting in the cinema this is one of those scenes where it's not very often in the cinema what you want is you want the scene to just like grab you like most of the time I'm just watching it I'm like oh this is a good movie oh that's a nice scene but I remember forgetting that this was a movie and just being there like oh shit oh shit oh shit oh my god he's gonna find out oh my god he's gonna find out and that's like the best feeling ever because afterwards you're just like what a great movie (laughs) like the tension in this scene is just like you could cut it with a butter knife like that's how that's how (laughs) Yeah, like it's so fucking tense. It's on a knife's edge that you, the minute they get into the car, you're just like, he's gonna find out. Because up until this point, Michael Keaton has been shown to be a very intelligent villain, like, and he's gonna ask the right questions. The more questions he asks, the more you're like, obviously he's gonna put it together. Like, it makes more sense. Like Peter's there everywhere, everywhere they go, and Spider-Man appears. Peter's there, but then nobody ever sees him, and he recognizes the voice. And it's just yeah. oh man! And so they pull up, and they pull up he to says, the dance. I'm going to give I'm going to give Peter the dad talk. And he does a little thing with his head when he says, "I'm going to give him the dad talk." It just like shakes his head like, "Oh fuck you!" Yeah. <laughs> and oh, it's this is a scene where like to be to be Tom Holland acting against Michael Keaton in that scene, it would be really easy to be outshone. Yeah, but they're both like equal in it. You should thank me. Thank me for not killing you. But yeah, first, I, he, first of all, he asks, "Does she know?" Like he doesn't. He doesn't beat around the bush. He just. He makes it clear. I know you're fucking Spider-Man. Does she know? That's what I want to yeah. know. And he's like, "No." Good. Good. There's uh, that's that's one thing. Like he just knocks that off the list like straight away because he's all about family. He's like, "Okay, that's good." Um, and then the 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 line where he has the gun and he's just like, "You should tag me for not killing you right now," like, "Holy yeah. shit!" And does does uh, what's it? He says, "I like listen, you saved my daughter, and I owe you for that, so mm. I'm not going to kill you." <laughs> Go into the dance and just give it all up. Yeah, like, just don't interfere stop. with my business again, or I'll kill you and everybody you love. <laughs> Holy shit! And he says, and "He says I'll kill you dead." And Keaton's raspy voice is so fucking perfect for this role. Like Keaton, of course, Batman for years, but like just in this villain role, you're just like, "Oh, he's gonna kill that child! <laughs> like he's gonna yeah. kill Tom Holland." Yeah, and it's like, "I just saved your life. What do you say?" And he makes yeah. him say, "Thank you." And so Peter goes into the dance and like. Everybody walk into the dance, you know he's not staying there for a boogie. Uh, he's he's going to yeah. be there for maybe five seconds and then he's going to have to leave. And he has to have the moment, the heartbreaking moment, where he tells Liz he's got to go. 
Um, and so she, she, to her, it's just like, my, did my dad freak you out? And he's just like, no, it's just, it's fine. Uh, so he he sneaks out the back. He gets naded the chair in the computer chair in the school. And yeah. the shocker is there me- waiting to meet him, which to me tells me that clearly Toomes knew that he was not going to just go dance. Like, he knows this kid too well. And so he sends yeah. the shocker around straight away. Yes, and um, it's the new shocker, first of all. I apologise. R.I.P. R.I.P. indeed. So, yeah, so what he realises is that um, Peter realises Toombs is planning to hijack the Avengers plane. And so what Peter does is he puts on his old, his, like his his handmade Spider-Man suit. Uh, he goes back to basics he goes back to basics and he beats the shocker by being clever and he even has the moment where he's in the the school bus and it gets tipped over and he like sees gum and he's just like ooh yeah (laughs) which is very (laughs) Spider-Man yeah Um, so he defeats the shocker and then um, he steals Flash's car, but he like jumps on top of it. He's like, "I need your car!" And Flash is like, "Flash immediately runs away." Yeah, because <laughs> all boys um, are cowards. Yeah, of, of course. That's the that's the story we're getting here. So he goes around to Tombs' uh, lair. Who clearly Tombs knew that he was definitely not going to give up straight away. So he's already kind of planning this, um, and Tombs is like, "I'm going to do it." And I'm going to probably kill you while you're here. You probably shouldn't come back here, Peter. That was a silly mistake. And so he brings in the the exoskeleton of the vulture suit. And he takes out all the pillars in the room. And then the whole building collapses on top of Peter. Yeah, he drops the building on him. Which, I mean, is a pretty good get-out clause. If you drop a building on someone, that normally... I was Tony Stark say, if you drop another mood on me, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, and then you get just a fifteen-year-old kid screaming for help. Yeah, this is the second scene that um, I see. I don't know. Like, I think this could be the most Spider-Man scene. I know it's from the comic books where he gets caught under under Ruppel and he sees his reflection in the, he has in the half puddle. The mask and, yeah, yeah. And he has half the mask. Like that's all. That's all comic book stuff. But. On film, I don't think you could have done that scene better with a better actor, say Tom Holland, at, in, with his voice as well, because he's clearly, he comes across as 15. Like, I know he's 18, but he he's a 15-year-old stuck under rubble. He has no, like, to, exoskeleton, Tony Stark spider suit. He just has himself. And the minute he says, somebody help me, I'm trapped, I'm trapped. I'm just like, oh no, oh fucking hell. Yeah, so please, someone help me, please. <laughs> and I'm like, somebody help him, <laughs> please. And then he's, and then you get the, come on, Spider Man, because he realizes, no, the only way I'm getting out of this, is, but is by myself. Yeah, because Tony has been saving him the last two times, every time he's tried so, but Tony's not around this time, and Tony is so not around that he doesn't even have Tony Stark's suit on him. Like, he has his own suit, it's just him. And he's under all this rubble, and he needs to stop Toobs. And so, it's a case of where he's just like, come on, come on. And then when he says, come on, Spider-Man, you're just like, it's like a fist pump moment. You're just like, fucking yes, let's go. Yeah, and 
it, it it is this like really triumphant moment, and again, it feels earned because of because everything we've been we've, through. Yeah, we've seen him go through all this, and so um, he intercepts the plane, and which is terrifying as well to be like hanging off the side of a jumbo jet. <laughs> like that's the whole last act of this movie is that like it's fought on like a, a plane that's in camouflage. And it's such a unique setting because, like, the plane doesn't look like a plane. It's just, it has, like, the cloud reflection on it. Um, and he's hanging on, but there's just wind buffeting into both their faces. The vulture is just looking terrifying. And he's just trying to fight this grown man after having a building land on him maybe five minutes before this. Yeah, and it, and then it gets worse because he crashes the plane onto the beach. Yes. Um, but and he then, saves millions of people that way. He does. He really does. And um, because that plane is filled with like gadgets and weapons and everything. Yeah. Um, not just Chitari stuff, but Avengers stuff. It's uh, towards uh, belt is in there, cap shield. Yeah, like everything. Um, but it, uh, after the crash, the suit gets damaged. The vulture suit. And it's about to explode. So what does Peter Parker do? <laughs> he saves him, as is normally what Peter Parker does. Peter Parker cannot let anyone die. Uh, no matter if it... Cry. And I think Toombs was sympathetic, but then he started killing people. And I think he kind of loses willing to kill kids. Yeah, once he started killing... Uh, once he was like, oh, I'm willing to kill everyone, you and everyone you love, then I'm like, you've kind of lost the sympathy here. Um, and so at the end, when he's... I think he's just full evil at that stage. Uh, Peter still saves him, because he just has to. And he's the he's the father of the girl that he fancies. And so... Exactly. Like, and it's... why he, uh, Vulture asks, why did you save me? And Peter says, because I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> Yeah, because it's just what he does. He has to save everybody, no matter who they are. Um, and so, yeah, he saves uh, Tombs and gets him to safety. And then you have the bit where uh, Tony is so proud. And he invites oh, him to the... Oh, he's a proud dad. He's a proud dad. He's a proud papa bear. And he invites him to the <laughs> Avengers headquarters. And he's like, I'm going to reveal you as the brand new Avenger. Here's the iron spider suit and everything, which looks fucking sick. And yep, um, and so, and then Peter has to look at him. So, no, I don't. I don't really uh, want to be an Avenger. I don't. I don't. And that was like at the start of the movie. That's all he wanted. But at the end, yeah. he's been through it all, and he's just like, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready yet. I'll just be on the ground for a while. I'll be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Oh, and it's he says, good. "It's so good." And he says the brilliant lines like, "There's no one on the other side of that door, is there?" And then Tony Stark <laughs> trying to save face is like. Nope, it was all a lesson. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's the lesson I was trying to teach you. You caught on well. And then he like walks away and then all the cameramen are there and Pepper Potts comes in. Even though Gwyneth Paltrow doesn't know she was ever in this movie, she walks in yeah. and she and she's just like, um, oh, Tony, they're all the reporters are waiting. What are we going to do? And Happy has to say, well, we're going to have to just get engaged. And look, he has the ring, so why not? I ha- I've had the ring since 2008 or 2010 or whenever this timeline works. Um, and so then Ed, the movie ends with uh, MJ finding out that he's Spider-Man. Sean, on a whole, how good is this movie in regards to other Spider-Man movies? Is it the best? Does Spider-Verse take that? There's Spider-Man 2 as well from Raimi, so I don't Ooh, know. I think 
I think as like Spider-Man movies go, as adaptations from comics goes, I think it's Spider-Verse. But I think in terms of like a movie about Spider-Man, I think this is this might be the top. I think it is better than Spider-Man 2. Now, not that to say Spider-Man 2 is bad, because I think no. I think it's Spider-Man 2 is great, but I think this tops it just as I think I now that might be personal because I prefer Holland to Maguire. And I do, I do, I'm not a fan of Maguire, but I think that movie's very good. But I think whereas Holland is perfectly cast, and I think the story around him is great, and I think the Vulture is the best Marvel villain other than Thanos. Oh yeah, like it's and for a villain that we've only seen once so far, he left quite the impression. Yeah, because it makes sense. Like everything he does makes perfect sense. It's completely logical. It's not like a lot of the MCU villains where he just goes mad around around Act Two for no reason. Yeah, and I would like, and I I, I think uh, Killmonger is exempt from that as well in Black Panther. Oh yeah, Killmonger is like great. A, a, the best villain is one you can understand. Um, and so I just. I think this movie is fantastic. Um, we're going to get to the cast now in a second, but the strengths that I have is just that, like Peter's growth in this, and that he starts like he sees the Avengers as celebrities, which I love. Like at the start, where he's just like, "Oh, there's Torn, and there's oh, there's Cap. Oh my God, I stole Cap's shield. Oh my God, he's real big." I we can relate to that. That immediately puts him on a better level. Like you're not going to relate to Thor. But you can relate to this Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, the soundtrack is great. The scale of the movie, I think, is really good. That if, say if Peter didn't stop Tombs, I don't think it would have had much different... Like, Tombs would have had all that technology, but he was just stealing that for money. It was not like a world-ending beam into the sky. Yeah, like it was, in the grand scheme of things, if it had happened, yeah, it would be bad. But it, the the world would still be there. It would just have more weapons in it. Uh, and so, in terms of performances, Sean, who's stronger in this? Is it Tom Holland or Michael Keaton? Because I think they're both. And then Robert Downey Jr. is fucking great. I think everyone's Tom on their best in this movie. Uh, like, I think uh, Tom Holland is like. I think it was perfect to put him with RDJ because that who better to learn from. Like he, this is his first in, and like RDJ is kind of helping his first movie get better. But it's it's kind of showed him what what he has to aspire to be, which I think he fucking nails it. Because as you said, with Keaton, it would have been easy for Holland to let Keaton and RDJ take those scenes and just kind of go yeah. with it. But he's right there with them. Yeah, like he's and he's he absolutely holds his own the entire time, um, and it, like. Even all the younger actors, like they're all excellent at what they're doing. There's no yeah. weak link, I don't think. It's um, and he's constantly monologuing as well, Tom Holland. He never shuts the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's a nerves thing as well. Like, he talks and he's nervous. <laughs> um, oh, you have uh, yeah. The, in terms of the young people, like you have Tom Holland, you've got Zendaya who is in this a little bit. She's she is hilarious in this when they get sent to detention. And she, like, is drawing sad fi- photos or sad pictures of people. Yeah. Like, that, that's fucking great. She's only in it for a little bit, but she's one of the standout performers. Cause I had never seen her before this. And I was just like, holy shit, she's, like, really entertaining. Like, when she's on the screen, there's just a charisma there. 
that you're just like, oh wow. Um, so you have Zendaya, you have Jacob Batalod, uh, who plays Ned, and he's great as well. I think Laura Harrier plays Liz. She doesn't really get much to do other than just kind of be like, oh, well, Peter, you should go with me to the dance kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it, like, she still does a great job of it. Oh, I'm not saying she's bad, no. Um, and then, in terms of the older ones, you've got Marissa Tobey, you've got RDJ. Mike, I think Michael Keaton, this is just... This is peak Michael Keaton. Like, this is just amazing. This is so good. Like, he, it's some of his best work in this. Yeah. Um, so I think that's it for uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, Sean. Uh Out of how many Wheatabix, what would you give it in Wheatabix? Oh, um, oh, Jesus. See, I think this is the best Spider-Man movie. Other, see, Spider-Verse, I think, is a different kettle. I, I, I think that's a whole different thing. That's fair, that's uh, fair. Um, how many Wheatabix? Oh, maybe 20? Maybe Ooh, just shit. four boxes of Weetabix. That's pretty good. That's a lot of yeah. Weetabix. Yeah. I'd give, it two bowl, I'd give it two bowls of Cocoa Pops and one bowl of Frosties. Holy shit. He is going sweet. <laughs> sweet as you like. I'm a um, sweet boy. I think you've ruined the Weetabix rating system. Ah, <laughs> uh, so sorry. So sorry. <laughs> you put one Weetabix on top of all the Frosties. Done. <laughs> just for fibre, yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> There's no fibre and no frosties. I'll tell you to, that. To make it up to you, will I will I take us out, Connor? Please take it out. Take us out, Sean. Yes. <clears throat> Thank you, everyone, for listening to this very special episode of. Oh, Sean, Tim my mic this. wasn't working. Oh, oh no! no. Oh, I've got oh, him again. I was fucking waiting the entire episode for you to say that. <laughs> Go on. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tuesday Mondays. We'll be back tomorrow with Weird Wednesday. <laughs> Friday with Hero or Zero and hopefully next Monday with the return of Movie Mondays. Uh, mm. Big thank you to everyone who supports us over on Patreon. Alexander Williams, Kira Lawler, David Clark, Ed Ball, Joe Burney, Ray Ging, Roisin Halley and Ryan Evanson. Thank you all so, so much for your continued support of the show. Um, for those of you that don't know, Connor mentioned it briefly up top but we do uh, a Lazarus Pit once a month on Patreon. Um and it's just like this it's it's us shooting the shit about a movie so if you think that's something you might like head on over there and to everyone that supports us over there thank you so so much um but other than that we're on all the social medias twitter at here's for higher pod the four is the number four facebook here's for higher podcast instagram here's for higher podcast or you can email us here's for higher underscore at outlook.com but i think that's about it connor i think you nailed it sean uh Thanks, so buddy. i've been connor lawler i've been sean mean we'll see you next week guys Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.